Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Let's take a look at young people and some of the problems that develop around the issue of addiction. You know, teenagers and drinking has always been an area of concern, you know, for all of us. So there have been various ways of approaching the issue, thinking that if you can have more control by the parents, or more control in the home will reduce the alcohol addiction and the alcohol problems related to addiction. Well, some recent research uh, published in the Lancet Public Health publication, it's a very well-known publication in the area of health, reported a study that is very profound. And although many of us have known this for years, this study kind of puts another nail in the coffin of the issue. Teenage drinking. You know, it's always thought that if a teenager was offered alcohol in the home under the guidance of their parents, that that teenager would be immune from addiction and would thereafter control their alcohol consumption at a reasonable level. Well, this particular study... They looked at teenagers who were provided alcohol in the home by their parents and compared them to, to, to kids who were provided alcohol by other people, teenagers and friends and older people, but not parents. So it was a parent-provided alcohol group and a non-parent-provided alcohol group. Then they looked at the binge drinking of these kids uh, several years later. And it's profound. The amount of binge drinking among teenagers who were given alcohol by their parents was much, much greater than the binge drinking among teenagers who were provided alcohol by other people. The difference was 81% versus 62%. In other words, teenagers provided alcohol no matter by whom, tend to binge drink if they're provided that alcohol when they're young, and that's age 15, 16. But if they're provided that alcohol by the parents in the home, it's even greater, 81% will binge drink. Then they went on and looked at these kids in terms of are they at risk for older year addiction? Will they become addicted and will they have alcohol-related problems as they increase in age? And yes, the group that was provided alcohol by the parents had a much, much greater uh, characteristic pattern of alcoholism and alcohol dependence. So the myth is broken. Parents, if you provide alcohol for your, parent, for your kids when they're young and when they're teenagers, you are inducing alcohol addiction. You are teaching alcohol consumption and alcohol addiction and alcohol binge drinking. And you are creating the characteristics associated with alcoholism. So it's, an, it's a myth. Don't do it. Don't buy into that myth. Interestingly, the state of Georgia allows parents to provide alcohol to 16-year-old kids 
so long as the parent is present. So here we have a whole state which allows parents to give alcohol to kids and who are then inducing a younger population to become alcoholics later on in life and to binge drink later on in life. Now that's an oxymoron if you ever thought you've ever heard one. So it is not true. Don't do it. Don't provide the alcohol to your teenage kid just because you want to be a nice parent or you want to be loved by your kid or you want to be liked by your kid. It doesn't work that way. So don't don't get into that kind of a, a pattern, you know, at all. Okay? Now, here's another study which is interesting about addiction. This happens to do with smoking addiction. Who are the smokers? Well, we know from our overall studies that the amount of cigarette consumption in America is decreasing. There's less smoking going on now than there was just 10 years ago. So we are making progress in helping uh, individuals reduce their level of alcohol consumption. We're doing, we're making progress in reducing cigarette, you know, consumption among our population. But even though cigarette consumption is um, going down, who are the smokers? Who are the people who are prone to be the smokers and who are perhaps smoking at even a greater rate? Well, they're the mentally ill. One research study published in the Cancer Journal for Clinicians, the Cancer Journal for Clinicians, and a national health survey found that smoking among the seriously mentally ill, that's almost 30% smoke as compared to 13 of the general population, 13% of the general population, almost twice. So, People who are mentally ill are vulnerable to the ads and to the enticements of cigarette smoking and to see it by others, they encourage it and then do it. Now, who else are the uh, smokers in America? Well, they're those with high school education or less. High school education or less. They smoke much more than anybody else of a higher level of education. People whose income is at the poverty level or below the poverty level smoke much more than those above the poverty level. Military personnel smoke more than non-military personnel. Native Americans and Alaskan Natives smoke much more than others races and cultures in America. In other words, smoking isn't just generally across the board. There are subpopulations that are more likely to engage in smoking behavior and do so at a much higher level and much more at a frequent level than anyone else. So when we talk about trying to control alcohol consumption, control smoking consumption, it seems that there needs to be a target for certain populations and to educate that population against smoking and against drinking and alternative behaviors put in place. Now, one other research study which was very interesting 
along this line of addiction, and that is the fetal alcohol syndrome. Fetal alcohol syndrome are babies that are born who have been subjected to alcohol during the gestation period of time. During the nine months of pregnancy, the mother continues to drink or drinks over that particular period of time. And if the mother drinks in the first trimester, the effects are much more profound and different than they are in the second trimester and the third trimester. In other words, each trimester has its own unique uh, disadvantage, if you will, or ill effect from the alcohol consumption of the mother. Now, it used to be uh, the understanding in the statistics that about 1%, maybe up to 5% of the children born are born with alcohol syndrome, fetal alcohol syndrome. So let's just take an average of 3%. That's what it used to be. Today it's 7 to 8%. So we're seeing a much greater uh, impact of the alcohol consumption by mothers during pregnancy. And maybe some of this is even some of the other drugs that mothers take. Studies have not been yet done to sort out the effect of marijuana, the effect of cocaine, the effect of methamphetamine as compared to alcohol or compared to cigarettes. That study is yet to be done. But what we do know is that this whole issue of alcohol fetal syndrome is increasing in frequency. And kids that are born with that have learning problems, they have language problems, you know, they look different, so therefore they have social problems and speech problems. So these kids are impaired to start with and have a lot to overcome just because their mother was so self-centered and so self-addicted and so addicted to alcohol that they that these mothers were not able to look at the best interest of their child and then subjected their child to this alcohol syndrome which will affect them the rest of their lives so alcohol is a dangerous drug not only dangerous to yourself, but dangerous to the other people around you, and particularly a child that you are carrying. So be thoughtful. Be thoughtful. Get this message out. Help people understand the ill effects of tobacco, the ill effects of alcohol, the ill effects of drinking at certain ages, even being provided alcohol by what you thought was a safe source, such as parents, but it's not a safe source at all. It's a stimulant for much more binge drinking than we ever knew before. So it isn't a matter of who gives you the alcohol or when you take it and where you take it. The effect is alcohol itself. The alcohol is a drug. And however you take that drug, whenever you take it, whatever age you take it at, you're putting yourself at risk. Tobacco is a drug. Whoever uses it, however you use it, is at risk because it's a drug that's dangerous, a drug that's hurtful, it's a drug that is uh, harmful you know, to the brain and to the body, and to the mind and to the lifestyle of the individuals who use. So we need to be very thoughtful about this, okay? Hey, nice to have you with me today on the uh, podcast as we um, bring to a close now with bringing to your attention the Crisis Pregnancy Center of your community.
It's often referred to as the Pregnancy Care Center or the Crisis Pregnancy Center. Those are the common names of uh, such a center in various communities around the world, around the communities. So if you have a uh, Crisis Pregnancy Center in your community, support them. Go down and learn about it. Be a volunteer. Send them some bucks. Send them a few dollars. They really do need it. They thrive and they depend upon the donations that come from individuals and churches and corporations and groups and organizations and so on. So if you have a dollar or two that you can spare, give it to the Crisis Pregnancy Center of your community. In Fresno, it's called the Pregnancy Care Center. It's on Van Ness and Olive. So make yourself known and certainly uh, be part of their program and support their program and help them develop their program because they reach out into the communities to work with young people who are primarily uh, in a crisis point in life themselves by being pregnant. Okay, nice to have you with me and thanks for joining me now and bye for now.